I'm going to wing it. So whenever you're ready. We're off like a herd of turtles. <laughs> so we are recording. We're ready to go. You want to give it a countdown since you're the uh, engineer? You're the host. I'm the hostess with the mostest. The hostess with the mostess. Except I'm not a hostess. I'm a cupcake, not a Twinkie. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm glad I didn't. Who's going to count it down? Three, Dear two, Lord. one. <laughs> no, I'm reading his int- I'm, I'm reading his new introduction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I haven't read it yet, so I guess I... You'll be shocked and amazed. Or I'm shocked anyway. Five, four, three, two, one. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Welcome to Stamp Show here today, episode 131, live from the Chester Arthur Memorial Sound Studios in the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. I'm Cash, and uh, the Joy Luck Club number two, Revenge of the Ninjas, is coming out July 20th, so no podcast. I think it's going to be a national holiday, but I do believe the banks will be open, surprisingly. I'm Scott, and I'm confused. This is Tom. The question we all have is, where is Dawn? Well, we got the studio set up, but we are missing our stamp mistress, and we'll uh, hopefully get it to 100% here soon. And I'm your stamp mistress, Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You wrote it in there, so. (laughs) Breaking news. We interrupt your intentionally clicking of the podcast button to bring you this podcast. This week, we're going to discuss WWF stamps, and you can't do that without talking about... Charismatic megafauna. What is that? Thank you. Somebody <laughs> actually said something. Charismatic megafauna, or something, the word that Cash made up, are no, large no, no, animal I species. I didn't make it up. This is, I was so impressed with this that I had to put it in the podcast. You're easily impressed, aren't I, you? That is true. I am. Charismatic megafauna are large animal species with widespread popular appeal which are often used by environmental activists to achieve environmentalist goals. Prominent examples include the elephant, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. Leopards, condors, bald eagles, pandas, seals, great white sharks. This is a long list. Bison, cheetahs, sea pandas, better known as killer whales, and the like. Nobody likes ugly animals. Right off Wikipedia, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we give a we give a shout out at the end. Of- I, I I had to Google it so I know exactly what Wikipedia said, <laughs> and that is exactly what Wikipedia said. Well, but Wikipedia- nothing like nothing like plagiarism in its finest. Well, I think it, I think it also included the gray wolf. Wikipedia didn't put sea pandas. No, they put orcas. Yes, I changed orcas to sea pandas. Uh, actually, funny thing is uh, there is a group called the. Ugly Animal Preservation Society. Oh, you had to bring that up now. Ah, spoiler alert, you can bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. Okay. You spoiled it. You were off the script, so I didn't know where we were. We're always off the script. I'm off my rocker. In the USA, the Save Vanishing Species stamp is now on sale at the U.S. Postal Service. 
The semi-postal stamp is designed to raise money. Wait, we came out with an actual son of the semi-postal? That's the one with the tiger on it that came out like two years ago. Exactly. Isn't that like the third one that the U.S. has issued? Maybe the fourth? No, I think it's, it's the third. fifth. Fifth? Ooh. Well, you have the 9-11 stamp. We have breast cancer. Breast cancer first. stamp. Oh, breast cancer stamp, then 9-11, then the tiger stamp. What are the other ones? I think this is B3. Is it? That's I know. They, I don't know. I've seen. I know we've looked in the catalog, and I've seen a lot of stamps. It's like they're on like B one hundred and fifty something, and I'm like, we've managed. Oh, we're like going. We're going less to go, than five. Oh yeah, we're going to go through that later. Oh good. <laughs> so the stamps, the semi-postal stamp, is designed to raise money to help protect endangered wildlife, including tigers, rhinos, and marine turtles. The stamp features an Amur tiger cub and is the result of a ten-year effort, begun and led by the WWF. In partnership with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, U.S. Postal Service, and other international conservation organizations. The WWF, the World Wrestling Federation? No, it's the WWE. Oh. The WWF decided that uh, the WWF was making too much money off the name WWF and made them change it to WWE. Really? Did you follow that? <clears throat> so the Wrestling Federation... The World Wrestling Federation back in the day, if I remember correctly... Was sued by the was, World Wildlife Fund. Well, because they were granted the ability to use the letters WWF by the Wild, World Wildlife Federation under the guise that it didn't become like a branded type of thing. And when the WWF became so popular, they sued him and said, nope, we're taking our name back. Thank you very much. And oh. thus the WWE was born. <laughs> Interesting. For world wrestling entertainment. Ah. Hence why there's a panda in the corner of the stamps for the WWF instead of a wrestler. Instead of Hulk Hogan flexing. Well, there wasn't a panda wrestler out there somewhere at one point? Well, there could be. Might, be, might even be a kung fu panda. So, continuing on. On September 19th, 2014, President Obama signed the stamp reauthorization bill into law. The Multinational Species Conservation Fund's Semi-Postal Stamp Reauthorization Act of 2013 passed in the House and Senate earlier this summer. Um, <clears throat> I happen to know, because I follow politics, that this is also the bill that outlawed the illegal use of tube socks. I don't want to know what illegal activities involve tube socks. <laughs> Nor should you. <laughs> The bill, championed in the Senate by Senators Rob Portman from Ohio and Tom Udall from New Mexico. Which are Republicans and Democrats, so this is... Oh my goodness, it's across the aisles. It's across the aisles. And in the House by Representative Michael Grimm, what a name, Republican from New York, is a result of true bipartisan leadership and persistent effort to ensure the stamp continues to support U.S. government programs and save vanishing species. Like honest politicians? No. Oh, 25 million bucks. Those, those are extinct. <laughs> <laughs> they are not charismatic megafauna. I, I, I'm wondering if we can find some like dead mosquitoes somewhere that we can bring back honest politicians. <laughs> what are a thousand politicians Thus, at the bottom of a lake? A good start? No? Agreed. Thus far, the program has sold over 25 million stamps, raising over $2.5 million. The stamp was initially made available for purchase from September 2011 through December 2013, 
The stamp was initially made available for purchase from September 2011 through December 2013. The bill that President Obama signed makes it available for an additional four years through 2017. Hey, that's this year. Late breaking news. Yeah, I hate it when we get all political here. We're going to have a bunch of people writing in saying, ah, that watch the Facebook. Which, by the way, everybody go on Facebook and subscribe to Stamp Show here today on the Facebook. On the Facebook. On the Facebook. There is no the Facebook. It's just Facebook. What's the plural of Facebook? Facebooks? Sure. Speaking about the Tiger Stamp, discuss semi-postals. I don't know what that means. <laughs> ah. Ah. So, yeah, we, we have... Uh, a great deal, not just semi-postals, but a whole plethora of World Wildlife Federation stamps that uh, are widely collected by a lot of people. Well, it's a very popular topic. Incredibly. Any, any animals on stamps, but World Wildlife stamps in particular. And they're usually indicated by the little pandas mm-hmm. in, the, in the corner. And those are the ones, I guess, that are sponsored or receive part of their funding from the sale of those stamps. Well, there is a licensing agreement, I'm sure, because they are so widely collected that they are money makers. And, of course, you know, people collect them to keep them. How come when Scott says that, the only thing I can think is nobody put pan, nobody puts Panda in a corner? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Scott got it. Dirty, right. dirty dancing reference. Oh, nobody puts... Nobody puts baby in a corner. No, I said yeah, nobody okay. puts panda in a corner. Yeah, it was had watching. to be explained. It's not funny anymore. Ah, that's cash for you. I was watching mashups on YouTube. Totally off the subject. Oh well. If anybody wants to see uh, dirty Speak, dancing, speaking of non sequiturs, yeah, totally. Anyway, so uh, charismatic megafauna. You rarely find ugly animals on stamps, and there are a lot of topics where people. Uh, like elephants and pandas and stuff like that that are very widely collected. And I just thought it was interesting because you got into the whole charismatic megafauna. So now if you want to blow your uh, stamp dealer away, walk up and instead of asking for like topicals or something like that, say, do you have any stamps with charismatic megafauna on it? Or better yet, ask them for the, was it ugly animal Preservation, Preservation Society. Society. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and really, that was started in 2012. That was um, that was a bunch of it was a uh, a venue where they produced um, promoted some comics, and they had them promote ugly animals, mm-hmm. non charismatic animals, to try and increase, uh, trying to get people to have funding for these other animals that are going extinct, but that probably don't benefit as much from the funding as do the more popular oh, that's one of the, animals. Yeah, that's one of the big problems. I, is. Ironically, their, their, uh, their mascot is the blobfish. <laughs> oh, the one that looks like uh, the, the, the just jello A blob? Yeah, yeah. yeah, a blob with eyeballs. Yeah. That, that is now their official mascot, the blobfish. Well, it is. A, Scott, you're a member of that society, aren't you? I mean, you're keeping scorpions in your house now. Well, yeah. Yeah, but those aren't ugly. Those are just mean. And they're also uninvited. That's true. (laughs) No, they'll have, they have problems because like there will be a save the pandas fundraiser and it draws all the money away. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, 
dung beetle, you know, get screwed because... They, Save the Razorback doesn't exist. Exactly. Well, you know, when you go to the zoo, you, you go to see these popular animals, but then you also end up seeing, along the way, you end up seeing these other right. animals that are not as popular or in the news as much. And, uh, you know, you just might see something that kind of, oh, cool, that's a cool-looking animal. I like that one. And uh, Yep. But that's, I mean, it's it's just not, it. The, these more popular animals are photo, it's like being photogenic. Oh, yeah. They're, they're the... They're the ones that bring in the crowds. <laughs> there was, I remember uh, this was on Facebook. It's uh, when a man tells you you're ugly, he's being mean. When a woman tells you you're ugly, she's being jealous. When a kid tells you you're ugly, you're ugly. <laughs> so, uh, so what's your favorite ugly animal? Dung beetle. There's a great joke about a uh, dung beetle walks into a bar and asks, is this stool taken? I don't even hear crickets chirping. Plenty of space for crickets on that one. (laughs) I didn't even hear crickets chirping. It's almost bad as my wife's one, which is two horses walk into a bar, which is funny because you think the second one would have seen it. (laughs) What's your favorite ugly animal? I don't know. I like a lot of animals. I don't know which one you consider ugly. Oh, so, okay. So just pick an animal. Which, what's your favorite animal? I kind of dig the Komodo dragon. Oh, Uh, that's a good one. Poisonous teeth. No, poisonous saliva. Yeah, poisonous. Actually, saliva. they're not poisonous. Yeah, it's just it's bacteria. Their saliva has yeah. so much freaking bacteria. They just bite you and then they track you till you die. Yep. They have one over at Shark Reef at Mandalay Bay. Oh, he's pretty freaking cool. He's like six and a half, seven feet long. Wow, wow, that that is a big one. Yeah, he's a big boy. Nobody wanted to know what my favorite animal was. Oh, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> erase, erase, erase. I mean. Edit back. Scott, what's your favorite animal? Ugly animal. The hedgehog. Hedgehogs, hedgehogs are, are cute. No, those they're are cuddly. Cute. Yeah. When they're lo- little. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> that's like that, saying a chinchilla. Yeah, that is, no. that, that's a charismatic megafauna. In England, they have them all over the place. People keep them as pets. Yeah. They're not big enough to be a megafauna. Charismatic minifauna. There you go. <laughs> Well, you know, in conjunction with megafauna, you know what, I was you know, looking up. You know what they all? You know the other name of that is a scientific name of that. It's a spiky floof. You come well, up with all sorts of names like that. So, so when I looked up charismatic megafauna, I also saw charismatic megaflora. Uh huh. <clears throat> so I kind of followed that one down, and I, I was kind of wondering, well, what is that? A good-looking tree? And essentially, yes, it is. Uh, it basically, you're looking for old trees, is what it is. Well, I know what my favorite ugly megaflora is, the Joshua tree that we drive by all the time. Little sticks with little plumes of green. Joshua trees are massive. Those aren't ugly. (laughs) You can be big and be ugly. Just look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was too good to pass up. (laughs) Anything else? I don't know. Are we on to email? Yeah, let's go to email. All right, we get email, so summon the answer squad. Okay, first off, Mike P. writes, and Cash copies as small as he possibly can. That's that's the cut-and-paste feature with micro-za- micro-za- microization? Yeah. Microfauna? 
charismatic charismatic micro font. Look at this. <laughs> I have to take my glasses off and move it closer so I can read this. Well, that and it's also on your phone. Yes. Hello, Cash, I assume. Had some feedback about the podcast. Number one, thank you for putting music tracks between segments. I listen to the episodes while I run. Odd, right? And the music is a welcome to pick me up. You wrote this, didn't you? Nope. <laughs> okay, just checking. Two, are you familiar with the new Zooniverse crowdsourcing platform? Here is a recent project. New wildlife project, Michigan Zoom In, has been created by researchers who are studying spatial patterns in carnivores as well as their as well as their prey throughout the U.S. state of Michigan. How cool would it be to have a project where volunteers extracted data about scans of postage stamps? Any digital stamp collections out there that need some analysis? Let me know if you need a more concrete example like transcribing tags of insects in a museum collection into digital info better than a computer could. Thanks. Well, my question would be, what kind of analysis would you do on the images and what kind of data might you be able to collect? Yeah, I, I was uh, sort of thinking the same thing. Uh, obviously, he's not talking about the spatial pattern of the actual stamp collectors. Yes, give us some more information. I'm not exactly sure what you're doing. However, thank you very much for the comment on the music. Although we could start a crowdsource. Uh, we, we could crowdsource and, and ask for funding to get Cash some better jokes. Oh, I can get better jokes. I just don't tell them. Those are the ones that I avoid. You got to hear the ones he tries out and we tell him, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Again, real mail. See? Well, wow. He even knew that I thought he faked the first one. Wow. We got an interesting letter from Mike V who writes, Why do I collect stamps? It all started with coins. That's what I collected as a kid. My father worked my father worked at the Ford Motor Company's Highland Park, Michigan tractor plant. I got a lot of Michigan going on here. <laughs> In the mid to late 1950s, every Friday evening, my two younger brothers and I would meet our dad at the corner bus stop on his way home. In one hand, he carried his lunch pail, and in the other, a canvas sack of rolled coins. You see, my dad would stop on the way home at the bank and cash his paycheck in for those rolled coins in return. That was part of the routine and the, and the ritual. Hurrying home with our stash, we would proceed to dump the rolled coins in the middle of our living room floor and carefully open the rolls, exposing our loot. We searched through the pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters for any ones that were void from our blue Whitman heavy cardboard coin folders. When our search was over, we had to count and re-roll those coins and deposit back into the bank sometime the following week. Holy smokes, that's a bunch of work. <laughs> We learned trading skills, how to evaluate condition, and math as we looked for quality pieces during those wonderful times together. I'm still missing that holy grail of all kids' coin collections, the 1909 SVDB Lincoln Head Penny. But I have those blue folders to this day. Our family had the collecting bug. For me it was coins, then baseball cards, and now stamps. Those fascinating, beautiful, tiny pieces of art, everyone holding in it a story waiting to be read as if it were a best-selling novel. That's actually kind of cool. 
Yeah, I like that story. That's why I included it. I mean, that's just, it's a really interesting thing. It's just like, you know, that'd be like today if you were a stamp collector to stop by the post office and, you know, get a whole bunch of stamps and put them on the floor and let my daughters go through them and find the well-centered ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Or finding a big... Or better yet... Kilaware. Kilaware used to be that buying way. Buying some Kilaware, dumping yeah. it on the floor and letting them find the stamps what? they find interesting. Okay, lost me. What's Kilaware? Kilaware is stamps sold by the pound or by the ah. kilogram. Okay, gotcha. By the kilo. That's like when you go into the stamp store, into the stamp shows, and they give you like the bag for kids. Correct. And it's just a big bag full of just stuff. Yep. 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 And and they put it on the scale, and they say this is how much it weighs, and you pay by weight. Okay. So people who don't think that America has gone metric, we use kiloware, not poundage. I guess. I've I've never seen poundage. Uh, rarely, but um, if you buy mixtures and st- like that and stamps on on paper, a lot of times you can buy unsorted mixtures to search for modern stamps. And lots of people do it. They uh, oh yeah. Generally speaking, uh, nonprofit organizations will save their mail. Well, that's how some of those really really rare withdrawn stamps. Like there's yeah. there's a couple that were in the news from Lynn's recently that were found in, they call them mission mixtures because um, usually it's... Well, that's the olden days. In the 1930s, the missionaries would get mail from all over the world. They'd cut it all off. And that way, a mission mixture was more valuable because it was worldwide, whereas Kilaware generally is just from the country you're in. Right, and it could be somebody going down to the electric company and getting all of their bill payment envelopes or, you know, hitting the post office and cleaning out the garbage can. or mm. uh, It could be anything like that. So it's generally more of a single country type of thing. But, yeah, the mission mixtures back in the day were better, but um, you still find modern rarities, things that were not supposed to go on sale, things that were withdrawn. Um, a lot of times you'll find things that were mailed before their date of sale mm-hmm. here in the States. so um, And even if you don't find any of those great rarities, you find stamps that are just outright well, cool for various reasons. Well, f- for United States, some something modern to look for would be plate number singles on coils. Mm-hmm. And there are some really rare or pricey um, plate numbers on some coils. So definitely that's something to search for when you go through a mixture like that. Or imagine finding a philatelic fiesta stamp. Ooh. I mean, we get enough, we get quite a bit of incoming mail and, you know, I always get to... We could, we could make our own kiloware. Actually, we could. Yeah. And it would be pretty good because we get high values on it. We get a lot of high values, but I usually, I usually cruise through and pick out the ones that I like, that I want to keep. President's choice, he gets first pick on everything. Yeah, Uh, he thinks that, but I'm closer to the mail than he is. (laughs) Well, that's because you pick it up. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, the modern the modern commemoratives are so hard to find used. And um, oh, I found if I if I find five copies, yeah, I, I only need one or one, and you know, two if I two if I think one might be uh damaged, but um. Trying to find nice ones used is difficult, and so usually I try to grab those out of the mail when I can. Well, I'm not gonna 
name names. I don't know if he's a listener to the podcast or not, but PSE has a customer that will always send in his... Oh, I know um, who you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. will always send in his um, submissions. submissions with all the new stuff that's been released. Oh, gorgeous covers. Ah, oh, yeah. And Beautiful. Just covered in forever stamps of all the new stuff, and it'll be like express mail prices, so it's like $23, $24 in postage. Spaced apart so that the cancels hit nice, you know, no overlapping, just... Mm. Ah, yeah, and he wants them all back. Yeah, and then he, <laughs> we don't get to keep them. We cut them up no. and put it. He he includes a self-addressed stamped envelope, and we actually for him we cut them up and we put them in his envelope and mail them back to him. Oh, absolutely. Yep, yep. absolutely. I'm like, that's a smart way to do it. Oh, I got one. He had uh, the Batman stamps, and you don't see the Batman stamps used very often. I've gotten about two of them used, philatelically used. He had this gorgeous set, and I go, oh, it was when Danny was there. Oh, Danny, you know, this is great. And he goes, oh, that's from him. Uh, We have to mail it back. It's like, damn. (laughs) Yeah. Ironically, I've got more of the round ones than I do of the rectangle ones. Oh, really? From Batman, yeah. I have not gotten any of the round Batmans. Well, Possibly because uh, some of them Scott I've steals sent. them all. No, 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 <laughs> Possibly because yeah. I've sent them to my mother. Well, yeah, <laughs> on her birthday card and things like that. Well, so. you got a cool letter the other day. Tell me about the fireworks. Oh yeah, um, I um, one of the guys who works here regularly does business on eBay, and he drops off when it's items come in the mail. He drops off the envelopes to me, and I was flipping through them and I found a counterfeit uh, fireworks flag uh, coil on counter uh, or on cover. Yeah. For those people who don't know what that is, why don't you tell them the little history there? Oh, well, recent United States stamps have been counterfeit, have been being counterfeited uh, quite a bit lately. And I guess since the postal service is not interested in tracking these people down, they just keep going on sale for huge discounts off of face value and people who use the mail quite a bit, eBay sellers and, and the like, they, they buy these stamps and they use them. And so I always keep a watch out in the mail for, uh, stamps that are counterfeit. And, you know, you read Lynn's Lynn's does a pretty good job of covering the counterfeits when they're discovered. And this is one of the ones that they had in, in their newspaper a month or two, Mm -hmm. a couple months ago. As a matter of fact, we had a person who sent in a uh, roll of them and said, I suspect this. Uh, Can you take a look at it? And we looked at it and said, yep, fake. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to purchase a, a pain or a, or a roll or something if I don't have it. Um, reference material. Absolutely. But I, you know, I, I think it enhances any collection but you have to be able to tell what you're looking at. And so in that regard, um, I had just purchased the unused coil roll. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a week later, this cover comes in the mail. I'd take one look at it and go, oh, that one's counterfeit. <laughs> and I put it under UV light. And sure enough, there's no tagging. And, and it had all the proper characteristics matched the, see, I don't, the counterfeit. See, I don't understand because a lot of these counterfeits, that's one of the biggest telltale signs so far as they haven't been tagged well one but thing i noticed with this i thought particular the mail was supposed to i thought the machines were supposed to kick out anything like that 
right? And then the postal person looks at it and goes, oh, that's a normal stamp, and they run it through again, and it gets a cancel. Uh Um, Or the other possibility is that there is uh, enough uh, high uh, brighteners in the paper of the envelope that it just thinks that's a stamp anyway. that's a black stamp. Yeah. It is a black yeah, stamp. It doesn't show up at all as being tagged. I mean, I'm not saying the other ones, like the, the rose and, and some of the that others. That one's but, much easier. But yeah. The, but the fireworks stamp particularly, it's a black stamp. So it's like. Yeah, it is harder to see the tagging unless you have lights out. And I'm uh, surprised the post office wouldn't do something like just have a light so that if it comes through and it gets rejected, the person can't just go me and put it under the light and go, nope, yeah. this is counterfeit. Then we could start postage due stamps again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, my my re, surprise is the, that they don't go after these people that are selling these counterfeit Oh, it's things. shocking, yeah, because the guys who were selling the rose stamps were selling them on Amazon. Oh, I went, it uh, wasn't the rose stamps. It was uh, one of the other. Oh, it, was the, it was the, no, maybe it was the Diwali stamps. It was either the Diwali stamps or the love stamps. Um, Linz ran a big article on the front page. And they identified an eBay seller by name, <laughs> and and I waited for my print copy, so I was probably two to three weeks behind. Mm-hmm. And I went on eBay, and sure enough, he was still selling them. Yeah, and I, I you know, he probably I, doesn't dis- subscribe to Lens. Well, but you would think that the postal inspectors would care, well, e- and either either that shocking, they don't. It's but, shocking if you, if you would have if you counterfeited a dollar bill. You'd have federal agents all over your house. You, oh my! My you mom and her a fifty cent stamp, and they don't care. My mom and her uh, deli, they had uh, the Secret Service in. There was someone in her area that came through that was going to a bunch of the businesses, and they were passing fake hundreds. Mm. And uh, my mom or my aunt went to the bank to deposit, and they caught it at the bank with their cash deposits from the day, so they knew where it came from. Secret Service visited them at their deli. Wow. I mean, this is you know rural Tennessee. Mm. So I know that I know as far as that goes. Yeah, they really care about the fake currency well, out there. Well, they they've when declared this... that postage stamps are not currency. Yeah, well, they're not. Uh, what is it uh, accountable paper? Is what they yeah. call it. Uh, Which why, is weird because you have weird. to pay real money to get the paper. Absolutely. And you can't and they're send guarded. something without it. And and they're guarded at the post office as, as if they were money. If you sent me a fake check, I would get pissed. And yeah. basically uh, putting a stamp on and saying, here's 50 cents, which really isn't 50 cents. That's stealing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're collectors, so we want them, but we don't want them to do that. But no, I want- we don't want them to do that, but we're more than happy to take it when it happens. Yeah. Especially when it drops in your lap. But I wonder if the postal inspectors are sitting on information like that, watching the buyers and tracking down actually where the buyers are getting them from. You would have seen something happen by now because I think that the rose stamp came out like a year ago. Yeah, and it's still being sold on the And it's still being sold, yeah. So for a year, they haven't... But the supply is already out there. If somebody else has gotten a hold of the supply, even the original person that did it i mean they have may have they may have someone originally may have been arrested for this at some point mm. so it's like yeah. it's it's i'll go back to the old standard disney pins 
the little pins, the little hidden Mickey pins that you can trade with the cast members at Disneyland are so highly counterfeited that if people want to go on vacation to Disneyland, they're told, go on eBay and buy a bag of 100 for like $10. They are all horrible counterfeits. But the Disney staff is told to go ahead and take them. And the Disney staff is told to go ahead and trade because they don't want to, quote, ruin anybody's experience. Right. Which is understandable for kids and things like that. And I have heard of very few occasions where cast members have refused to trade under those guidelines. But the only reason they're supposed to refuse a trade is to try and trade them a pin that they already have. Oh, yeah. So as, as a pin collector who's trying to complete the new sets... You go to a cast member and you look at their lanyard and you can just go, everything on your lanyard is counterfeit. Why would I give you one of my other good ones Mm. to trade you for a counterfeit one that anybody I try and trade with in the community is going to blow you up? Yeah, no way. Why are you trading counterfeits? Yep. So, and you think, you know, Disney's not doing anything about it. Well... In, I don't know, it was probably three or four years ago, they arrested two guys that were in Orange County for receiving a bulk shipment of like 500 pounds of pins. And when they came in from China, they were there to bust them. Good for them. So, you know, you know it's, it's one of those things that's like, it's, I think it's they take the time to go backwards through until they find the main supplier. And then it's like you hear about, you know, federal investigations where it's like oh yeah we busted this huge thing and we've been researching it for four years go under because they were because they were trying to get all the evidence and find out you know they're trying to get the big guy not the little guys i'll go undercover at disneyland hang out at disneyland all day yeah but how much money are they losing in the meantime with all, all these counterfeit stamps that are going through the mail well that's the thing is it has to it has to be that the cost of busting them is higher than the cost that they're going to suffer. And, you know, the... I don't think it is at this point. I don't think it is Because so either. many of these things are getting used. Well, and I don't think you get a lot of people that are on eBay that are probably looking to buy stamps on eBay for putting on their mail. I think most people still are getting their stamps either from machines or the grocery store. Yeah, but when well, you're, no, when no, you're when just you, flipping through eBay yeah. and you happen to see a roll of stamps that you would buy at the post office anyway but if you're not at $49 a- face and they want 39 bucks for it you're going to go well sure okay well see eBay I can sort of see it because you're selling like stamp collector stuff Amazon is the thing that really got me because on Amazon they're selling like they were selling the rose stamp they were selling it in the wedding category. They were selling it so that people can send their wedding invitations and stuff like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. And so you're getting out of the category. You're getting in. You're getting out of the stamp collectors you, and into the general public. Exactly. So. You're, and, you're, in the, you're in the multi-million, if not billion dollar industry of weddings. And I can't see the uh, post office sitting back and letting this go. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But like I I was going to say, 30 years ago, they had the opposite problem. Um, They would let stamps through that were tagged. And there were like, if you bought a book of stamps, one of the little things that says reorder now, you could use that on the mail. 
and it would read the tagging or they tagged the salvage and you could use just the blank salvage and it would go through the mail. So they, it still does. Uh, now they don't uh, tag the salvage anymore. Well, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised a lot of no. You're you're right. A lot of them uh, they put uh, damping mm-hmm. uh, ink over the because they because they use pre you know the phosphorescence is embedded in the in the paper, and then they they print a an ink over the top of it to deaden it. Um, but you know if they forget to print that ink, then you have tagged salvage. Yeah. Or all you got to do is get some older stamps and you get tagged salvage but um one of the things that i'd look for you know when i'm just kind of taking a break at a stamp show and i'm just fiddling around not doing much i'll i'll go through a cover dealer's box looking for uh covers that have christmas seals or yeah just labels or labels uh you know i've i've found stamps from other countries used in the united states i've found uh labels with with you know animals on it and but you know things like that that you would put in a kid's sticker book well the one thing that i loved used was used on the, cover they had the mad magazine uh dag hammerskull yeah parody stamp oh, i'd love to find one of those on cover used without anything else yeah so you know in the period in the period in period usage of that stamp yeah i'd love to find one of those oh yeah it, it will be there are there were a couple of the alfred e newman's they turn up every now and then. Surprisingly, they go for like 45, 50 bucks. Well, if it's, yeah, if it's used on cover. In the correct time period. Yeah. Yeah. So. My wife's getting into supporting the stamp hobby. We moved out here to Nevada and she's put on Facebook of wanting to get some old fashioned pen pals with some of her friends back uh-huh. east, handwriting letters and stuff. So I think we'll actually have to go to the post office and pick up some of the more interesting stamps they've come out with just to send them to our friends. She also and tell, and tell them to keep them and send them back. She also got me and Don to download an app. She said uh, she put on Facebook, uh, "There are no ghosts in our house." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And she there's this Ghost Finder app, so we go, "Oh, we got to download the Ghost Finder app." And sure enough, there was a ghost. That's funny. <laughs> no, she checked. I told her our house is probably too new. It was built in like '05. Ah, that's it. Uh, you're of course uh thinking that the ghost detector actually works so of course (laughs) why would you doubt it well because you can't put anything on the internet that isn't true oh that's true that's true true. forgeries and counterfeits yep i do too we kind of morphed from charismatic megafauna into counterfeits so maybe i'll put that in the heading so that people go charismatic megafauna screw that oh forgeries i'll i'll listen to that well, there you go. We'll, we'll trick people into Discuss- listening. Discussion. I think we spent more time talking about counterfeits discussion than we talked on, about. Discussion on modern modern forgeries or modern counterfeits. Absolutely. And I'll put music in. I mean, I, I, that's that's <laughs> just one more reason to collect modern stuff is because it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there, and the counterfeits just add to it. And it's cheap to collect. And Absolutely. It's, neat. it's scarce or, or rare and neat and cheap. Well, it's like I think, like I said, my, my wife doing the the pen pal thing and trying to get a couple people from home in yeah. Southern California to do that. You know, it's like I don't think we should go to the grocery store and just buy the whatever today's booklet is. We should go and buy a couple, you know, panes of something that we can send out, yep. like the national parks issue or something. 
I still have not seen that anywhere. It wasn't at the post office. I got one used. Oh, really? Yeah. <sighs> I got the Acadia National Park one used. You know what? Uh, I went to the post office. I, I actually, because I pick up mail, I go to about three post offices. None of them had the uh, moon eclipse stamp. It's not being sent to the post offices. I guess we better order some then. Yeah. That's a neat stamp. And oh, yeah. it's not anywhere. Not that I've seen. Yeah. But they, they produce too many stamps to keep up with. Yeah. It just, it just gets too expensive. So you got to kind of pick the, what, the one, what ones you like. Did you get your kids the shark stamps yet? No, are they out? Yeah, they're out. Oh, I need to get them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they'll love those. <laughs> Aileen especially. I may have to buy two. Vanessa will like the sharks too. There we go. That's the first thing I did out here is I bought annual passes for them for the shark reef at Mandalay Bay. Yep. Yep. They love it. It only takes 45 minutes to go through, but they have a ball every mm. time, even though they're seeing the same fish. <laughs> I think we're done. Not petering out, just ending abruptly? I think we just ended abruptly. I think we're done. Okay. Sounds good to me. for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today.